Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast, brought to you by Qantas, Spirit of Australia. Uh, Australia has wrapped up the World Test Championship final. Now they turn their glance straight to the ashes. Louis, you were there last weekend. Welcome to this edition, by the way. Thanks, Josh. It's uh, it's lovely to see you in person and be doing this in person. We're in the Ian Bell room at Edgbaston at the moment. We were going to do this outside, weren't we? We were going to sit outside and look out over the ground. We are looking out over the ground. We're just uh, inside because the mowers are doing this beautiful kind of checkered print on the outfield at the moment and they're doing their thing right next to us. So we're not quite out on the ground. We're in a very nice corporate box. We're looking at a photo of Ian Bell. Uh, but we are here. We, we're not pretending. And you're here too, Josh, which is good. Yeah, I am here. So if you do hear the drone of the mowers, that's <laughs> what that is in the background. Um, but you were there at the Oval uh, last week. Australia won by 209 runs over India to claim their maiden World Test Championship crown. Centuries to Travis Head and Steve Smith got the job done. What did you make of the match and the celebrations afterwards, I guess? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, Steve Smith got asked about the celebrations today and he said that uh, they were quite good. He didn't give too many details, but it sounds like the, the guys enjoyed themselves, you know, albeit bearing in mind they've got a big five test coming up now against England. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was an amazing atmosphere. So my colleague Andrew Ramsey and I were sitting uh, kind of in the overflow section of the, the oval press box. So and I, I mentioned that because we were right in amongst it and you could hear everything. And, you know, sometimes you're inside and you don't get the atmosphere of the ground. This was great because it was, you know, Indian fans literally sitting right next to us. And I, I'm so happy that it was India in the final because it just made the atmosphere. It just made the... Um, made the Oval just a really great place to be and uh, they just never recovered India from that first day when they elected to bowl. Pat Cummins said he would have done the same thing. Steve Smith, Travis Head took the game away from them, especially Travis Head, and India didn't bowl too well. And, you know, for the rest of the test it was hard fought, but they just couldn't quite get back into it, um, you know, thanks to uh, Scotty Boland in the end, really. Yeah, they, they did fight India on day three and day four, but as you said, a bit too late in the end. And then Nathan Lyon took four wickets on the final innings uh, to wrap up the victory. And did you feel like, uh, obviously, we saw the celebrations on TV and it looked like they were genuinely, you know, proud of their efforts. Do you think this is an, a showpiece that's here to stay? And do you think the Australia, you know, they set out from this two years ago, do you think it was something that they really wanted to do? Yeah, good question, Josh. Like, I felt in the build-up that... To be honest, it didn't wasn't quite capturing the attention of people back home. That was my feeling. You can weigh in in a second because you were obviously back in Australia. But once the game got underway, it did. Like it felt like people really cared. I saw a stat that Channel Seven put out that it actually outrated yeah. the football, yeah. the, the Australian rules football, which is crazy in Australia in what is it early June? Yeah, that's footy season. Um, and I'm not even sure if it was on Seven's main channel as well. In Yeah, a few times it was, but for the most part it was on Seven Mate, I think. Yeah. So did you feel like that narrative was, was quite true, uh, you know, in the build-up and then... Yeah, certainly in the build-up. Um, I know I had a lot of friends who were sort of asking when it was on and details were a bit shady because obviously it's, yeah, right in the thick of footy season and hard to hard to nail down the attention of the everyday sports fan uh, that time of year. But um, once it was on, and, yeah, the ratings sort of reflect it, reflected it, um, there was a lot of interest. And Australia doing well obviously helps that as well. Yeah, it's, it does. And I think it's new, right? Like, we've only had one before. This is the first one Australia's been in. So for Australians back home, it's kind of like a bit of a foreign concept. Mm. Like, we know – they know what – you know, everyone knows what the Ashes is about. They know what the build-up is like. You get the banter from each side. They don't really know what a grand final yeah. of Test cricket is like. So I think it's great. It's a really great, you know, the ICC cops a lot of, um, you know, it's criticism from all corners, uh, but this is great. That This is a really good thing there. Hopefully they're sticking by it. Hopefully we keep seeing it. 
and um, yeah, let's let's hope it's here to stay. Will we ever get a final in Australia, or will it always be in England? So Rohit Sharma got asked. Uh, I don't I can't remember if he got asked about it or he just offered his opinion anyway. <laughs> but he asked, why does it have to be played in June, and why does it have to be played in England? Mm. The subtext being, why couldn't we play it in? Actually, it wasn't even subtext. I think, why don't we play it in March? And that would, you know, India would probably be the best place to play it. Although sure. you could play it, you know, there have been World Cup finals in Australia. They have, yeah. In March before. So uh, I don't think the time zones would work internationally. I think that might make it tricky. Uh, I think India may really be the only other place where you could host it. Um, yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, I've heard some people suggest that maybe the home team should get hosting rights. I personally tend to think that it's England is the best place for okay. it. Yep. You know, where else would you get, you know, a sol- five days of sold-out cricket, um, you know, apart from India, of course, but in, in that kind of time zone, in all the things the ICC probably wants. So I think it's it's keep it in England for now, um, but, you know, maybe open to changing it down the road. Okay. And now, as you said, we're in, in Ballroom at Edge Baston. We turn our attention to the Ashes and uh, at this venue, uh, it kicked off the last Ashes series here in England, and Tim Payne was asked a very interesting question that uh, certainly caught the attention of Aussie fans back home. Let's have a listen to what that was four years ago. And it's about us going out there on Thursday and executing that skill, and, and if we believe, if we do that, it doesn't matter if we played Edgebaston, the Gabba, or on the moon. Um, we think our best cricket is, um, is good enough, and the Edgebaston pitch or the Edgebaston crowd or the grandstand or whatever it is certainly won't play a part in deciding this test match. Is there a more intimidating ground in world cricket? Than this? I could name you 15. <laughs> I love Tim Payne's reaction after he says that. So you wouldn't have heard it on the on the podcast, you know, as, a, as an audio medium. But on, you know, when he says it live, he just kind of looks around the room and he's surprised that people are laughing. Like he's, you know, this isn't that intimidating at all. I think he later released his... 20 most intimidating <laughs> venues and they included some club grounds in, yeah. in Tassie. That's, you know, it's 100% the banter and the spirit they want. I think some of the Australians actually said after that test that maybe they underestimated okay, how really? intense, yeah. yeah, some of the, um, uh, you know, what what this crowd could be like and it's going to be the same. You know, we obviously don't have the, the build-up like we did in 2019 with Smith, Bancroft, Warner all coming mm. back but... Uh, you know, it's an Ashes series. There's plenty on the line and this place is going to be absolutely jumping come Friday. And England are up and about and they today named their 11 for the first test. Do you want to run us through who they've picked? Yeah, well, I mean, not picking Mark Wood is, is the big surprise. I was actually down at the Australian Nets when uh, when they named that and word kind of filtered through to the Aussies that uh, Wood was out. Manus Labuschagne was actually in the middle of facing these bumpers from Andrew McDonald and Michael DiVenuto on the wanger and he kind of just said, test me out, you know, bowl, bowl some bumpers at me because that's what I'm going to get uh, in this game. Uh, and then when he found out that Wood wasn't playing, uh, you know, he basically stopped doing it. And it was like, and so it definitely came as a surprise to the Australians um, and it surprised me too because we've had a look at this pitch mm. Uh, it's under covers at the moment, but when we got a look earlier, it looked dry. Uh, there was grass on it, uh, but not a lot of live grass that you would think would help Anderson, Broad and Ollie Robinson, which are the three seamers they've selected. Yeah. There's also a question mark over Ben Stokes's knee, but those three main fast bowlers, they're more skillful bowlers who um, you know, do well on you know, some pitches that seam around a little bit. So I would have thought you'd want your fastest bowler. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how they go. And Steve Smith was asked at his press conference today about the pitch. Uh, this is what he had to say. 
Uh, yeah, had a little look yesterday. Um, there was a fair amount of grass, um, albeit it was quite dead grass, I suppose. It was quite brown, so um, what was that, three days out. Um, yeah, we'll have another look today and, and see what it's like. But it was, yeah, it was quite furry, but, but not really live grass, if that makes sense. Was it dry? Um, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> and it's pretty warm out there, so... Um, yeah, I assume it'll dry out a little bit unless he decides to water it. Um, yeah, we'll see. And so, of course, England's 11 means that they have picked Moeen Ali, 18 months retired from Test cricket. Uh, he's back into this squad. Ben Stokes texted him and uh, just hit him up and said, can you play? Because Jack Leach is out injured with a stress fracture, I believe. Um, so what can we expect from Moen Ali? He's just been playing T20 for the last 18 months. And he wasn't at training today because I believe he was receiving an award. I think he was receiving an OBE for something. So, uh, sorry, not for something. He's, he's done a lot of really good work around, um, you know, being a role model for British Muslims and stuff. So he's a, you know, he's a really popular guy and um, someone we all kind of should admire, I think. So, sorry, I didn't want to play that down. But uh, from a cricket point of view, it's really interesting because he hasn't played first-class cricket in 18 months. His Red Bull training session yesterday, our time, was his first in a very long time. He has been bowling a lot of the nets, but he hasn't been playing county cricket for Warwickshire, which is his, you know, the county uh, that encompasses Birmingham. And I would have thought he'd be wanting to really upskill himself. And But this is baseball. This is England. They're, you know, very um, prepare how you want to prepare and do what you need to do. I, I just, look, I, I don't see it, Josh. Like, I... I can't see, and I'm, you know, willing to be proved wrong here. But a guy, it's not that he's not a fantastic. He, he wasn't a fantastic Test cricketer and couldn't still become a Test cricketer. It's more the lead into it. Yeah. He says that he had no, uh, you know, forewarning about this, and that you know Ben Stokes and him hadn't discussed it at all during the IPL. It was just out of the blue the other day. So he's 35 years old. He hasn't been bowling, uh, and he hasn't been facing a red ball. How can you contribute, particularly with the bowling, how can you contribute effectively uh, as a bowler in those circumstances? I would be, you know, it'd be amazing if he did, um, but it, I'd find it hard to see how it would work. But he's in the 11, so maybe they know something I don't. Yeah, it could be down maybe due to a lack of other genuine spin bowling options in the country. Uh, there's a few all-rounders who have played a part in their Pakistan tours and those sorts of things, but no standouts, is there? No, well, they were even talking about maybe Liam Livingstone being a... Uh, I mean, that would have been the ultimate baseball <laughs> selection. A bloke who bowls a bit of part-time leg spin and absolutely hits it to the, to, um, to Mars. Will Jacks was someone they considered for the role. I don't think they really considered from the reporting I saw uh, Rehan Ahmed, who's the leg spinner who plays for Leicestershire. He did really well on that tour of Pakistan, taking five wickets on debut. Yeah, as a, he well. is, yeah, as a teenager. That would have been an attacking option as well. So it's going to be really hard to replace those overs from Jack Leach who kept things really dry. He allowed the other bowlers to kind of do baseball and try and take 20 wickets as quickly as possible. That was, that's Stokes' philosophy um, and now they've got to hope Moen Ali can fill those shoes. Thank you to our sponsor Qantas, the spirit of Australia, official airline of the Australian cricket team and proudly representing Australia on the world stage, flying to more than 95 destinations around the globe. Louis, we saw both teams train today and you've mentioned baseball. There was a pretty distinct difference between the two sides, wasn't there? England were really slogging the ball, for lack of a better term. Australia just doing their regular test warm-up, I'd say. 
Well, it's not like Australia don't have aggressive players. This is the funny thing is Australia are kind of saying, oh, you know, we're not blockers. We're not yeah. nerdlers and nudgers. Like we still, you know, try and hit the ball in the air sometimes. And um, But even, you know, just comparing – I found it fascinating at yesterday's training session watching David Warner really work hard on his footwork and he's he said that he's not going to be – he's not going to get caught in his shell like he did in 2019. Mm-hmm. He's going to be more aggressive. But – the emphasis looked for him like it was technical. It was figuring out where that back foot would go and making sure it doesn't go to, to the leg side uh, like it did in 2019. And then in the same nets, the exact same net about, you know, three hours later, Ben Stokes was backing away and trying to hit balls over cover for six. In the next net, Joe Root was practising his reverse ramp shot. Like this is a guy we watched. I mean, I remember watching him at Hobart in the nets before the last Ashes test in 21-22. And he had done everything he could to try and lift his team. Um, but captaincy was weighing really heavily on him and he was angry in the nets. Like he didn't look happy even though he was their best player. He was struggling for form and he was in there for hours and hours practising his defence, practising his footwork. And now he's, you know, it's like a, a different human. It's rejuvenated him. Like it's, you know, reverse ramping. Who would have thought in a in a test match. So it's a completely different style of cricket. And so the Aussies obviously fresh off their victory. What can we expect from their 11? Are they going to go unchanged uh, from the team that lifted the mace last week or can we expect Josh Hazelwood to maybe come back into the 11? They've got a decision to make. Josh Hazelwood trained really strongly today. He bowled beautifully in the nets, uh, I thought, but so did Mitchell Stark and we're expecting Boland and Pat Cummins to have more of a role tomorrow. Pat Cummins is the one who picks himself. He's a captain, obviously, so they've got to fit three fast bowlers into two. Scott Boland was fantastic at the Oval. He's been fantastic his whole test career. You know, in my mind, he's undroppable. That's my personal opinion. Um, We'll have to wait and see what they do. It is going to be fascinating to watch. So the first test starts on Friday, June 16, and then we're off to Lords after that. But for now, it's the Edgebaston test that we can't wait to get stuck into uh, Louis, any predictions for the upcoming test? Do you want to put your head on the line? I knew you'd ask me this, Josh, so I'm going to ask you straight after this. But I don't have a prediction for the test, and I've thought a lot about it uh, for the series. You know, what's your pre- everyone asks, you know, what, yeah, what do you sure. reckon going to happen in yep. the series? And my only prediction before I really thought about it was it will be 3-2 either way. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah, I don't know which way. It will just be 3-2 one way or the other. Yeah. And now I actually think this is – going to suck if this happens. I think it's going to be a two-all draw again because it just rains in this country. Sure, One of the tests sure. is going to be affected. Even Basball can't save England from rain. So I think it's going to rain and one of the tests will be a draw. The two teams are pretty evenly matched, uh, I think, at the outset uh, in the other four tests. So I reckon it's going to be a two-all draw. That really sucks as a that prediction. Is, is I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, what's yours? Um, well... Well, after we saw the pitch last week at the Oval and it was green and, you know, that's what you sort of expect to see in England, we get here and it's very brown. The pitch, there's a really lack of grass on it, well, from a, from a long way away from where we've been looking at it. And the people who have taken a closer look said the exact same thing too, yeah, so yeah. that's good observation. Okay. Well, I'm just thinking, and this is not going to surprise anyone, but there's going to be a lot of runs in this first test. Um, don't think it'll quite be a draw, but I do think we might get to the fifth day. Um, however, for the series, I will be backing Australia. I think they will win three games to one. Three games to one. Yeah, okay. So there's going to be a draw in there for you too. Yeah, I agree. Rain in this country. I mean, the weather's been beautiful today, but uh, it will rain at some point, surely. Well, I look forward to uh, whoever gets that one right, uh, the other person has to buy them a four pints beer. Okay, that sounds good. (laughs) 
Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of the Unplayable Podcast covering the Ashes series brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia. We'll catch you after day one of the first test recapping all the play wherever you get your podcasts.